Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kettering Connect, our now weekly uh, conversation where we get to dig into the word and the sermon theme that's coming up for the next Sabbath. So my name is Patty McCoy. This is Pastor Jason, um, and we're going to just talk through the scriptures a little bit. But first, Jason, would you have a word of prayer for us? absolutely. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you again so much for technology and the opportunity to gather together, even if it's through a screen, to open up the scriptures and just have an honest, um, just kind of chill conversation about you, the scriptures, how they come alive, and what what they actually mean for our real life. So I just pray that you are with our conversation, but most importantly, may your name, may Jesus be lifted up so that everyone can be drawn to him. Uh, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And actually, uh, Jason's uh, prayer has a lot to do with what we're talking about today, opening up the scriptures uh, to us. So we have gone uh, from a, a pretty quick series on uh, Easter gardening, going through the gardens of scripture and the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and how that connects us from the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Revelation. Um, but now we have a new series that starts this weekend called Look Again, learning to see Jesus in the Old Testament. Uh, and I don't know about you. I know that, that some people have a really hard time with this, that they think there's this, this uh, harsh God, scary God of the Old Testament. And then you get to Jesus. Oh, I like Jesus, but I'm not right. sure what to do with this God of the First Testament. Right. And how many college students or high school students or junior high students have you had a conversation with where you're like, I really like Jesus in the New Testament, but that Old Testament God, you know, he just kind of seems really to be angry and all the yeah. time, right? And it's like, no, right? They, it's, it's one God. It's one God. And so uh, this series is about looking back through the Old Testament, taking a second look, if you will, uh, to say, is, is Jesus there too? Uh, if Jesus is the clearest revelation of God that we have, then we look through the Old Testament or the First Testament with kind of new lenses, right? Right. Um, and actually a, uh, a, a early founder of, not founder necessarily of Adventism, organizer. but an organizer, and yeah. he said some things, William Miller, who lived uh, in the uh, early to mid-1800s, um, he was a deist, which is somebody who thinks that God created the world, but then kind of left it and doesn't have anything to do with it. But then he kind of, through his own experiences, mm -hmm. found the scriptures again and started to study the scriptures in uh, a really profound and meaningful way. But he's the one that kind of inspired, his quote inspired this sermon series, because he said, as he was studying the scripture, all of scripture, he learned to see Jesus on every page. Right. And so that's kind of the idea behind this sermon series. Right. And a lot of times I think, you know, when we think of Jesus, we think of Christmas and the beginning, right? That happens in Matthew, Mark and Luke and John. It's like, okay, that's when Jesus shows up. But as we unpack this stuff and get deeper into it, it seems like, no, he actually is alive throughout this entire library of 66 books, yeah. which is really exciting. No, it is exciting. And, and, and it's fun to learn to do that because I think that yeah. we, Adventists especially, have been called people of the book, meaning the whole Bible, not just part of it. Or at least we say that, we yeah, say that. we want to focus on the scriptures. Yeah, and yeah. we do, we yeah. do. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, as we do that, Jesus comes to us. And, and actually what's cool is that when you have the resurrection, story immediately after uh, the resurrection, one of the encounters that happened in scripture, it's Luke 24, yeah, it's is so this good. encounter uh, with Jesus on the road to Emmaus with a couple of uh, followers of his. And um, they don't, it says that they don't recognize him uh, in the first part of the story for however, you know, his body or his, his look is covered from them uh, and disguised. And so what he starts to do, it says in Luke 24, 27, he says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets. Mm -hmm. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself, all the scriptures. It's not just a few messianic uh, 
prophecies right. in, in Isaiah or a couple other places. It's all of the scriptures he started to unpack for them, which is a sermon I would have liked to hear. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, he had just risen from the dead. And it says, I love how, I mean, you, you mentioned it, but as they're walking to Emmaus, which would have been about a seven mile journey, um, it says that Jesus comes walking up and they don't recognize him at all. In fact, Jesus asks, hey, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, have you not heard? And, and Jesus says, well, you know, well, what things, right? So he kind of engages them. It's playful first. too. Kinda, right. You know, like, I, oh, I love that. What happened? Right. Like, yeah. tell me about it, yeah. right? <laughs> as if I wasn't there. Or, and, and yeah, as he's going over and explaining all the scriptures, you know, a little bit later, it says that their hearts burned within them. Um, it's like the scriptures came alive in front of them and literally they did, right? Because Jesus is the scriptures and he was right there explaining all of this to them. So yeah. And I love how it starts, you know, specifically says starting with the books of Moses, right? In yep. Genesis. So from the very beginning, it's yep. all about him. It's all about Jesus. And and he, it goes on when he's with the disciples and he has another yeah. instant where he says, um, these are the words I spoke to you, verse 40, 44, while I was still with you, that everything written about me, everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And it's interesting because this is one of the first places where Jesus actually, it, it mentions all three divisions of the Bible, that the law of Moses or the Pentateuch, the prophets and the Psalms. Mm -hmm. So Jesus refers to the whole of scripture that speaks to him. And it reminds me a few pages later uh, in John five, mm. Jesus is having this conversation with uh, the, with religious leaders and um he says to them this, this is John 5, 39 um, and 40. It says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it oh, is yeah. they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Th this is one of my favorites because it's like, so for the Jew in that time, mm. there was kind of this idea that if you study diligently the scriptures, mm. It was the study of the scriptures that would almost, in essence, gain you access to the next life, um, right. you know, and yes, they may speak to life, but it was really the study. So the Jews were diligently studying all of scripture, but to them, they were missing the point. Mm -hmm. Not only did they not realize that all of these scriptures point to Jesus, but they're talking to the word that became flesh. They're looking at the word that became flesh and they don't get it. They don't see it. And Jesus is like, look again, right? look again, because I am all over the scriptures. Right. It's almost like the difference between knowing about someone and actually knowing that individual, right? Like knowing about a famous, you know, historical figure or something uh, versus no, he's, he's alive. And it, he's someone that we can talk with and listen to and engage and just walk life with. So yeah, no, absolutely. It's a really good point. Good. Yeah. And, and again, they, they did study diligently. I mean, the, the, the oh, Pharisees especially sure. knew their stuff. Well, they, and they would have had the entire First Testament, the entire Old Testament, word for word memorized, right? So, I mean, we say, oh, we know a couple of texts here and there and we can refer to it, but dude, these guys had it memorized, yeah. so, but still missed it, yeah. which, uh, yeah, I think just highlights the reality of 
even today, you know, how often can we just miss him? Yeah. Well, and, and, and the disciples did too, right? Oh, sure. it, it wasn't just yeah. the, the Pharisees and religious leaders because the disciples had to be shown. And in, in fact, especially in the book of John, John's writing later than any of the other gospels. Right, right. Right. And, and they're having, he's having to say, yeah, they didn't understand it at the time. They didn't get this when, when it happened. Um, but, you know, Jesus comes along and the Emmaus and after, and he, he's helping them connect the dots and see so that they get it. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, sure. I think it's like this, oh, right. oh, you're everywhere. And actually, once you start to understand and look at the, the First Testament through those lenses, then you begin to see things differently. Oh, absolutely. Right? A lot of things. Um, it, you know, so we just finished Easter and celebrating the life, death, and resurrection of Easter and all that that entails. And, you know, specifically like with my kids and even with my students, you know, the junior high and high school ministries that we have here, we took some time and, and did this, like the pretty deep Bible study of what happened on Friday morning and, and Sabbath and then and Sunday. Um, but, you know, when you're going through that story, at one point, here's Jesus, and he's on trial, you know, first in front of uh, Annas, but then he gets to Caiaphas, and Caiaphas, you know, the high priest, the, the current high priest, is asking him all these questions, and he's, he's quiet, right? But at one point, Caiaphas asks him a question, and he actually says, and in the name of the living God, tell us whether you are the Christ, which is interesting, because it's like he's saying, in your name, tell us, are you God? So now he, he can't be quiet, right? He has to give a response, and in his response... He, you know, the, what he actually answers, it disrupts Caiaphas so much, right? He just goes so berserk. He rips his robes um, and, and just shouts out like blasphemy. And, and the answer is, well, I am, right? Or, or and it depends on the different account that you look at. Some say, well, he says, well, you say that I am. Others say, well, I am. But the point is, it's this connection to something that happens way early in scripture, right? In the book of Moses, uh, in Exodus, uh, this, this, this idea that, you know, Moses here, he's, he's 80 years old, he's tending to some sheep, he's kind of doing his own thing, and then he sees this, this bush, right, that's on fire, but it's not being consumed. And, and, and he goes over to checks it out, and then this voice comes to him and speaks to him and, and says, you know, take your shoes off, you're standing on holy ground. And then there's this, this, this whole conversation that they have, which, going back to that take your shoes off thing, I think it's interesting, even from Exodus, or actually even further back in Genesis, everything Jesus does is to get rid of whatever is getting in the way between you and me, right? So even if it's your sandals, man, get rid of those things. It's just about you and me. Anyway, that's another sermon. So right, he, they're talking and, um, and says, you know, you got to go to Egypt and free my people. And he comes up with these three excuses like, oh, I can't speak the language anymore. It's been a while since I've been in Egypt. And, and God's like, oh, I've taken care of that for you. And then eventually Moses says, yeah, but I don't even know your name. And then he says, well, I am, right? And so it's just this connection. So when Jesus says to Caiaphas, again, who would have had this stuff memorized, and he's like, I am, yeah, of course he freaks out, right? Because then in Caiaphas's head, he's thinking, you're saying right now, Jesus of Nazareth, that you were the one that spoke to Moses and did the play, or, you know, help with the plagues and freed Israel and all the Red Sea. Um, and so again, this kind of, this go, going back and forth, to this connection of Jesus actually being throughout the, the first Testament. 
Right. And, um, you know, what's, what, what's going to be fun each week of this series is to see the different stories that yeah, yeah. the speaker is going to choose and, and what they're going to go to, to kind of help us learn to retrain our brains a little bit to, mm-hmm. to see Jesus all throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so I know this first week, um, pastor Steve Carlson, the chaplain at Kettering college is going to be speaking. Um, and he's going to focus on two, uh, passages, but one quotes the other. So, uh, it's a new Testament, uh, story, but quotes, quotes Old Testament, uh, and it's actually Jesus, uh, and he is speaking in the synagogue in um, his hometown in Nazareth. And it's important, uh, as, as we go to the story, we're not going to unpack everything, and we're going to yeah, let yeah, Steve it's do his, that. It's a sermon, but it's very yeah. exciting. Yeah. And actually, I'm really excited to be doing this every week, because I think, yeah, to your point, there's so much in the Testament that even uh, a weekend speaker, as good as I'm sure it's going to be, there's always more, right, right, to see. There's always more Jesus in this stuff that we yeah. can at least spend a few minutes, you yeah. know, every week kind of unpacking. So I think it's going to be really fun the next few weeks. Yeah, and it's and it's cool when you, when you get to this passage in Luke 4, um, and it says that, uh, and this is 16, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. And I just want to stop right there um, because it's interesting. And, and Jason, you and I in our, in our worlds and ministry to the generation, that we work with, you get a lot of this stuff like, well, Jesus wasn't, Jesus wasn't religious. Yeah, yeah. You know, he didn't like, you know, he was always critiquing people that were religious. And right. it's like, well, no, it was his custom right. to go to the synagogue. He was deeply religious. Mm-hmm. He challenged the status quo. He sta- challenged the church. He challenged the leaders. He challenged their religious structures and ultimately redefined it. Right. Right. And he, but he never said, okay, we're going to do away with this entire system, right? That was never his point was just to do away with religion. It was to push it forward, right, in, in truth. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's beautiful. Um, yeah, his boyhood home. Yeah. So, yeah, a place where he was familiar. Yeah. And, and he goes to, uh, people knew he was a teacher. He was, he was be starting to become more popular. Uh, so it was a common place for him to be given the honor uh, to teach the scriptures. So you would start off by reading um, the, the scroll of the scriptures and, it's interesting. I don't know. Have you ever been to a, a Jewish service? I have. It, yeah. I love synagogue. Yeah, I, I just, I just love synagogue. They treat the the scripture so respectfully. Oh yeah. I, 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 so you have yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the one, and it's been years, but the ones that I've been to, they'll have Torah, yeah. right? And um, and they'll actually walk through the congregation with Torah, and uh, and you see people like kissing it, right? Like with, you know, like this, um, there's just so much deep respect for the scriptures. And it's like, yeah, I, we, we could use a little bit more of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. So, so, so they bring out the, the, the scroll. Yeah. Um, they give it to Jesus. Jesus opens it up to this passage. Which wouldn't have been like, oh, turn to your yeah, Bible yeah, no. to page 80, whatever. Like, no, 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 no. You're talking a scroll. This right. would have taken time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and furthermore, you know, cause you're, on scrolling it, you have to know exactly where you're going, yeah. right? It's not like, oh, I highlighted this section in my Bible. Yeah. Like it, he would have had to have known exactly where to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he goes to this passage in Isaiah um, and he reads, which, which part of this too really is, well, I, I, I guess uh, just to read that, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So, so this is a messianic prophecy. And, and so this is a, I, I mean, it's a meaningful passage for the Jews. They were waiting for this Messiah uh, for so many years years. And then Jesus sits down with all eyes fixed on him. He says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. 
Wow. Yeah. And it says that everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that had come from his lips. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is, this is Jesus saying what, what he said at the start of the Sermon on the Mount, right? That he didn't come to abolish. Mm-mm. He came to fulfill um, what is written in the scriptures about him. Uh, so I, I don't know about you, Jason. I'm super excited to see what, what Steve has to say here and how he's going to unpack this. And again, just to journey through this series right. um, and, and see all the different places that we can find Jesus throughout scriptures, not just in the New Testament. Right. Absolutely. Well, and, and we don't have to get into it now. This could be another video cast or something. But when we think about Jesus and the Trinity, and there's so many different models, right, to explain the Trinity. And is it the egg? Is it the water? Is it, you know, everyone has their model. And at one point, all these metaphors break down. Um, but still to recognize or to at least to think about like Jesus's role within the Trinity. And I think if we, instead of thinking about Jesus as, you know, as looking and sounding a certain way, but it's more of his role to, to communicate, to connect, to give messages, um, then we see him everywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and if Jesus is the clearest revelation of God that we have, right. then when we read through the first Testament, we're reading through these things that we have our questions. We're yeah. not so sure. Is God really a God of love? We look to Jesus. Well, right. And if I was a good pastor, I would know the exact passage. But Paul says he is the physical image of the invisible God. Hebrews, um, Hebrews 1. Okay. I'm a good pastor. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> One point, Patty. All right. All right. Now, okay, yeah, now yeah. it's on. But yeah, yeah right? Um, so. Yeah, it's true. It'll be exciting. Yeah. Looking forward to this series. So hope you can join us on Sabbath for worship as Pastor Steve Carlson opens up the scriptures to us and helps us see Jesus on every page. Uh, And then to be back with us next week as we go through another episode focusing on Jesus in the Old Testament. Look again, he's everywhere. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you next week.